I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful, and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? So for this Halloween spectacular, we are going to be talking about the classic Rob Zombie film and the uh, much-despised John Carpenter original. Uh, That one starred Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, the original Scream Queen. Uh, Sort of, you see a lot of origins in this film. She is the, uh, the final girl. She is the one who... Uh, does not sleep around while her other friends are having sex on Halloween night. She is babysitting, and that is when Michael Myers comes to town. But fortunately, he is being chased by the great action star Donald Pleasance, playing Dr. Loomis, who does a very effective job of standing around in the streets waiting for Michael to kill people. And uh, then we get into a pretty hectic half-hour um and probably the origin of the the slasher genre of this film. So that is Halloween from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill in 1978. And Peter, what is the remake we'll be talking about? The remake is the 2007 Halloween uh, movie directed by and written by actually Rob Zombie. The, this one stars Scout Taylor Compton in the titular role as uh, uh, Laurie Strode. And you got Malcolm McDowell playing the... Um, with a Dr. Loomis role, uh, Tyler Maine as your Michael Myers. Um, this one, basically the same thing, except for it fleshes out the um, character of Michael Myers as a kid and you know try to give reasons as to why uh, he becomes a psychotic killer. Um, he gets sent away after murdering some family members uh, after 15 years, escapes and comes back to Haddonfield where he tries to find his baby sister, Boo. Uh, from um, uh, Monsters, Inc. And um, anyone who crosses him, he kills. All right, so joining us for for this, we should have our own little uh, origin story, is our horror expert who writes for the website horrorandus.com, Derek Stewart. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys, for, for having me on today and uh, getting to talk about two really wonderful films, both of them. <laughs> I have a feeling that uh, one of them uh, you do not feel that way about. Um, I'm going to guess it is the Rob Zombie remake. And as Peter mentioned, uh, the main difference, and I guess the purpose of that film, is to explain the evil that is Michael Myers, which goes uh, gloriously unexplained in the John Carpenter original. I sort of skimmed over 
the opening of that film, which just starts with a, a single tracking shot, although very you know Birdman like in the sense that they do hide the cuts, but it is effectively for the audience a single tracking shot from the perspective of a killer stalking a girl who um, has very quick sex. With her boyfriend, I believe, I believe it's something like they go upstairs for maybe twenty seconds, thirty seconds, and then he's back down putting on the putting on the jeans and the the shirt, uh, and he goes up and stabs this woman as she screams out Michael, so she knows her assailant here. Uh, but the cool thing about that opening is uh, when the camera comes down and the uh, the parents are pulling up, they know him as well, and they pull off the mask, and that's when we do a reverse shot, and uh, we see that as a young boy holding a knife, a very innocent looking boy. Um, so Derek, are you a fan of the extra, I don't know, 40 minutes or so that we spend on, uh, the origin of Michael Myers and the Rob Zombie version? You, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, um, I mean, at all. I think that, uh, you know, I went back and, and had watched uh, this film actually today, um, and had previously seen it about it, I guess when it first came out, um, I had forgotten that there were literally 40 solid, uh, minutes of, uh, just young Michael, um, you know, and seeing him, you know, kill animals and, and, you know, be upset with the world and he, you know, kind of you know, a little bit of a hipster in a way, <laughs> um, and, and I, you know, and I, when I was when I was watching it, I, I just kept getting the vibe of, of wow, this feels like uh, any other uh, comic book origin story. Um, it, it just felt to me that they wanted so badly to to justify his behavior and say, oh, poor little Michael. Uh, you know, he's he's been hit with all of those horrible things that most uh, future sociopaths are hit with. You know, he's in an over sexualized environment uh, where things are violent and he's you know, no one understands him, things of that nature. And, and it really, to me. Uh, kind of goes against the essence of what Michael Myers was supposed to be. Um, if you you know if you go back and watch the original and 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 uh, pay attention to the end credits where he's just called the Shape, um, he's he's not supposed to be this this person with this humongous backstory. Uh, when you look at the the first Halloween, how effective is it that first? Uh, you know that first uh, kind of scene that you were you were talking about, Mike, um, of of him going in killing his sister and and the mask being taken off, and it's just this child. Uh, when you compare those two, for me, that that two minutes uh, or, or or whatnot for Halloween versus the forty minutes, um, I, I feel I feel like those two minutes are more effective uh, for me in just setting up the character. I mean, that's all I need to know is, is that there's something deranged about this child. I don't need to see him, you know, killing kittens and taking pictures of it and, and staring longingly into the screen, uh, you know, <laughs> with an angry face. I just didn't need that. Yeah. I had never seen the Rob zombie version and I actually watched, um, Halloween earlier, uh, this year, this summer for, uh, an episode on my other, uh, podcast War Machine versus War Horse, which you can find uh, on Twitter at War Machine Horse and at FollowingFilms.com. Download every episode, please. Um, but I was very familiar with the Carpenter version. It was uh, when I was younger. It was my favorite uh, slasher film. I guess is my favorite horror movie. If you discount something like uh, Psycho, which is just one of my favorite movies. But uh, rewatching it uh, for that episode, I found it strange how slow the original is. And I don't mean that as a, as a negative either. It, I, I compared it to something like Dazed and Confused, where for the most part you're hanging out with and establishing the character of the victims, which is clearly different from 
the Rob Zombie version where you're going to hang out and establish uh, the, the, the murderer himself. You're going to attempt to, to make him, as you said, Derek, a sympathetic character, even though as an adult, he, he doesn't speak there. I think it's a problem of trying to have your cake and eat it too. You want to uh, flesh out his character, but you're fleshing out someone who doesn't speak and just stalks these, the suburbs stabbing innocent women. There's, there's not going to be much of an argument to be made there to where we're rooting for him. With the original, though, you're clearly rooting for these girls, and I, I think that they're, even though Jamie Lee Curtis is the only name, uh, they each have their own sort of distinct personality. And I also had forgotten that Laurie Strode is extremely likable. She's not just the, um, like the Nev Campbell from Scream kind of uh, straight man character, where you have Rose McGowan that has like all the, the funny lines. Like she, she's an interesting character to herself, even though she is the quote unquote good girl. Um, so comparing it to the, uh, Rob Zombie version, which I, I unfortunately watched, uh, I guess the unrated version, which mm-hmm. is, uh, like, uh, I don't know, just over two hours, I believe. Uh, and I think it has like 20 minutes of extra footage and it, it was a slog to get through. Like, uh, as you said, the, uh, I, I just did not realize the origin story was going to be that long for, for Michael Myers. So by the time we get to the section where he's, he's stalking, uh, is it Haddonfield? Um, yes. yes. I, you know, I, I checked out at that point. And that, I guess that's the point in the film where it starts to uh, wink at the audience. It starts to kind of reference uh, the original more. And you have some of the same scenarios, the same killings, like uh, where, where Michael puts on the bedsheet after he murders uh, this young male lover and then puts the glasses of the victim on over the sheet to convince this this nude woman that he's uh, he's her boyfriend. But I, yeah, you know, I didn't. I couldn't have fun with it uh, at that point, just because I, I think it's a bad misstep to spend so much time on on hipster Michael, as you called him, Derek. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it, it reminds me a lot, and, and I know this is going to be an odd comparison, but it reminds me a lot of of uh, the Dark Knight. In that, one of the things that we liked so much about that film was basically taking a a crime story, right? Uh, and what would it be like if there's a crime story that had elements of of some you know some fantastical elements with a you know a man that dresses like a bat and and a, and a guy that paints his face like a Joker? They were able to meld those two worlds. It, it seems like with with this film, it's well, let's take all the elements of a real life sociopath, uh, but let's just throw in Michael Myers' mask. And it, it doesn't work. It, it just it, it it's not effective. It's too much uh, of a buy-in. It would be yeah. it would be as if the Joker instead of standing on that street corner, we had forty minutes of how he was beaten as a child. Which I actually think that's a great um, reference there because the Dark Knight kind of makes fun of it. Like yeah. you have the Joker giving multiple origin stories of these uh, you know childhood traumas. And he's sort of laughing at that. Uh, like he, he, he has no reason. He's, he's giving what you expect to be his reason for his madness, but it's just a joke to him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of ultimately it just it just means that he I am who I am and I, I don't need this tragic background um, that uh, this horrible thing to have occurred in my life for me to go this way. Maybe I just maybe I just am. Uh, and, and, you know, he's it's, evil. It's, he's just yeah, walking he's just, evil. 
Absolutely, and it's a problem in in horror films that that's especially slasher movies that has occurred since Halloween. Uh, there's always been this, these attempts to you know turn the the villain into this antihero. They've done it in just about every franchise, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, all of this. Where, uh, but before long, you're rooting for the bad guy, and uh, that's something obviously that doesn't take place in the original. But by the time you get to this remake, it's we spend so much time with Michael, and he's so saturated on the screen uh, that he's not scary. Uh, to me, he's just this big bumbling kid who, you know, has some mental issues. And uh, I just don't find that to be effective. Which is interesting because I, I read uh, a quote that Rob Zombie gave that he said that uh, basically that the Mike Myers character was uh, too saturated from sequels at this point that he was no longer scary. So he was trying to inject something different to make him scary. And it sounds like for myself and Derek that uh, he failed in that regard. I'm, I'm kind of interested, Peter, in what your thoughts on. Because I know, uh, knowing Derek that he's a big a horror fan, I know that he probably is coming into this with an attachment to the John Carpenter uh, original, and I, I just said that was one of my favorites when I was younger. Did you have any particular attachment to to that? Uh, any experience with either of these films? Um, not at all, actually. The original Halloween I watched um, probably around 2007 when the the remake came out. It's just. Um, you know, I, I always kind of knew it was a, a classic and probably like the only good Halloween movie. I I don't know that to be true, but um, it, you know, just growing up, it, it's just it wasn't a thing of mine to watch scary movies. But I've I've seen things like Shocker and Pet Cemetery, so I I don't really have a formula of how I pick and choose my movies. Maybe maybe because I knew Halloween was such a, a like a huge franchise, I didn't want to like the first one and try to get into you know the, the following sequels. But um, for this viewing, I actually started with the remake first. And it's really weird. Uh, you mentioning that you watched like the, the, the version that was over two hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there were any other versions. And uh, I watched the remake on Amazon Prime. And there was only the the over two hours version. And looking on the IMDb, they even have an 83-minute. Yeah. I think that's the one I want to watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <know>? yeah totally. <laughs> I want to yeah. see what they took out because, yeah, through the viewing, I, I was watching it with a buddy, and we're like, man, because he, he doesn't remember the original. He doesn't even know if he saw the original. But he asked me, he's like, was the beginning this long, like before he actually <laughs> becomes Michael Myers? And I'll go, you know, I, I don't I – don't, I, I think it's really, really short. And it's funny because I watched the remake after or the uh, the original afterwards. I'm like, yeah, it, it was it was it was just as long as you know when they went upstairs to have sex, you know. So, um, I yeah, it, he was flushing it way too much, you know. Having uh, look, the only young Michael I want to see on film is Michael Jackson, and you know this this Michael Myers here is beating on a kid with, with a stick, and you know the, the the things with the animals is disturbing, you know, adding. Rob Zombie loves to add his wife to everything he does, so it's just it was just way too much, uh, I guess, quote unquote, story building here in the beginning of the uh, the childhood of Michael Myers. I also have issues with the uh, the caricatures that the the family represent. Um, it's one thing if you want to try to expedite the, the storytelling process, and you just establish that uh, I guess stepfather here is an asshole, uh, but you give him. Way too many lines of dialogue, and uh, Peter. I mean, that's an excellent point. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm just watching the unrated version, and so they just put everything in there, like the the kitchen sink. Uh, I do know that I read that there's a uh, that there's a really awkward rape sequence 
uh, in the Asylum, which was not, right. I guess, in the theatrical version. So it was, yeah, it was not. Okay. No. I, uh, yeah, I didn't remember that. I went back when I this viewing uh, was the unrated viewing for me as well, and that completely threw me off uh, because I I would have remembered that um, from from the first viewing of it back in '07 because uh, it probably would have added to my reasons to stay away. So you know I'm watching it and I see you know the two security guards walk in and, and I'm thinking all right well Michael's going to kill these guys before anything really bad happens and it's just. I, I have no idea why that scene was needed whatsoever. Is it too uh, – I feel like – and Derek, you can speak to this more as a, a horror fan – that if you go on for so long with these characters, you know, Freddie, Jason, uh, Michael Myers, that the audience are there rooting for them almost like you would root for John McClane. Like not in the sense that they are, are terrible people that want to see you know fictional characters murdered – but they're clearly the star of the film. That's the reason you're there is to see a new adventure of sorts with Michael Myers. And I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about the horrible childhood that this, this version of the character has to sort of sympathize with him. And so I, I found it to be really heavy handed on Rob Zombie's part that, you know, his first victims, I guess when he, he breaks out are two security guards who come into his locked room to rape another uh, patient in front of him and taunt him is is that just to allow audiences bloodlust to to be okay because oh he's he's murdering two rapists to sort of start his rampage yeah and see i don't and i don't understand why that that that's even remotely necessary from that perspective if and here's the thing it, one of the reasons that the original was so effective, and we've discussed this, is the development was focused chiefly on uh, a group of girls, basically, you know, walking around um, and and having dialogue and having conversation. And then there's this figure that's lurking, uh, you know, that we don't know what his intentions are, but we know that they're pretty negative. I, instead, Rob zombie for whatever reason decides well instead of having my development with these 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 characters um that are you know the good folks um, i'm gonna have all of my development with the, the killer here and I, I can't sympathize with him because i will never have that viewpoint of, of of a serial killer um it would be easier for me to have the viewpoint of of a couple teenagers walking around uh, that makes much more sense to me and to be fair to what i just said he does immediately kill um, I guess the security guard that uh, w was friendly with him, the Danny uh, Trejo character, yeah. uh, Machete there. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, so I guess I just remain confused. Uh, I, I don't know if that was to establish that, no, he's going to kill anything in his path. Like he's not, yeah. but that still goes back to, uh, I think Rob Zombie focuses way too much on the shock value there. Cause I still have no idea why a, a rape took place uh, right before this 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 murderous rampage it seems contri it seems contrived it, it really just goes along with everything else of his mother being a stripper and his stepfather being an alcoholic who's verbally and probably physically abusive and his sister being overly sexual it, it just it's just like oh this is just another horrible thing that's michael's had to experience so it makes sense that he's going to kill these security guards but Some if sort of you, trigger in a way yeah. Exactly, exactly. But that makes you know truly no sense because after he kills uh, Danny Trejo's character, the assumption is he will kill anything. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, then should he have not killed the woman who had been raped? I, you know, and then so if you go into that, then it's like, whoa, whoa I, I want nothing to do with him at all. He just saw her be victimized, and now he's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're, I mean, 
he he kills indiscriminately, right? So it it just it, it it was a little messy. That whole section was very very messy for me. There's also you were talking about the the girls in the original, um, and I I really love how the film ends with the uh, with her referencing the the boogeyman that the with Luma. She asks, you know, she in, in tears if that was the boogeyman, and they 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 do nod to that uh, in the Rob Zombie version, and then unfortunately it goes on for another twenty more minutes afterwards. But uh, I. I do think there's something to the original and I'm kind of wondering if zombie was just afraid that it was sort of played out that you just have, as you called him, the shape that shows up and um, dispenses punishment in a way for their, their reckless behavior, I guess. And yeah. we have to, you know, we have to consider the reckless behavior of the 1978 version are uh, teenagers with their, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, having uh very young unsatisfying sex and you know drinking a few beers uh versus the, the zombie version which uh, i think goes out of its way to just show the most horrific people you will ever meet on the planet like the the biggest assholes uh, every chance that they get someone is basically cruel to another human being in the zombie version yep. and i I find it hard to to get into a horror movie that way because, as you said, I don't care about anybody. I just don't care. And I don't think they do that with the Laurie Strode character, but I wanted to toss it to Peter. What did you think about the two particular performances with uh, Laurie Strode uh, in the uh, the Carpenter version and the zombie? I'm going to use a word that you used for um, uh, to describe Joseph Gordon-Levitt in The Walk, but, the, yeah, she was more subdued. Uh, and not in a bad way because the... The uh, the remake. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use Derek's word that she was more kind of hipster. You know, like <laughs> when we first see her, she's kind of joking with her parents, and then she does these, you know, sexual uh, hand gestures with uh, like pastries, you know, to kind of gross out her mom. And I was just like, well, well, what is this about? She's kind of kind of weird. But uh, I just wanted to briefly talk about the the Michael real quick. It's just like zombie. He made. Um, I feel like, yeah, he, he, in the remake, he made Michael Myers just a little bit too humanized because giving us all that backstory, it, it just it, it's confusing because like when he's older, he goes to the cemetery to steal a headstone, and but then he has the time to cut open uh, what, what is it, a coyote? <laughs> yeah, it, well, <laughs> I mean, really, if you're you know. If you manage your time well, we all have have time to to gut a coyote and track it down and put it on a grave. Peter, I don't, I don't, wasn't that impressed with that. You, you just mentioned I had, I'd forgotten about that the uh, the Laurie Strode sequence where she starts to to finger the I don't know pastry or whatever it is. And they can, Derek, what, what what did you make of that? I assumed Zombie was making fun of the original Laurie Strode character to some extent. <laughs> But he, but there was no need to. <laughs> I mean, after that, they don't go any further with that character. No, none whatsoever. Um, her introduction into the film, uh, you know, after an hour or an hour and a half, is her fingering a pastry. <laughs> and if if you compare the two, so uh, Laurie Strode 78, Laurie Strode of 2007, uh, for that first scene of me watching 2007 Laurie Strode, I was like, hmm, I'd be okay if Michael killed her. That would be fine. <laughs> 
Uh, and I never felt that with with Jamie Lee's um, uh, kind of her 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 Laurie Strode. I never once uh, felt, wow, I would really like it if Michael caught up to her, uh, you know, as slow as he was walking. I wish he grabbed her and just you know just ended her. She was such an annoying character. Um, but with this Laurie Strode, that first scene alone was like, okay, uh, she's she's already trailing behind in the points, uh, so she's gonna have to she's gonna have to do something. And she didn't. For me, she was. Um, uh, just not very interesting. Uh, I think that's the best way I can put it. She would have been a much better um, side character or supplemental, uh, like a friend to Laurie Strode instead of uh, this is supposed. You know, instead of this is supposed to be the sister that Michael's been seeking. Um, you're going to be disappointed when you find her, Mike, because <laughs> there's not much there. So. Yeah, I thought I was actually a little bit. Uh, I mean, as I always am, I was excited with the fingering of the the pastry. I was like, "Ooh, this is very intriguing." Um, but it's, I also thought, like, I thought they were going to go a completely different direction with the character. I thought that she was not going to play into the the, the virginal uh, final girl sure. sort of uh, trope that, uh, and it, which it wasn't a trope. Obviously, in '78, they 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 sort of made that. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the the origin of it, but. They uh they have that I, I wondered again if I'm just watching the unrated version if that's just a deleted scene I can't Derek was that in the theatrical do you remember I don't remember that in the theatrical it, it I mean it could have been especially when I at, when I was 19 because I may have found that to be funny then mm. I don't know um, but as an adult it it just it it did very very little um for for me so I don't I don't know if it was in the theatrical version though. But it seemed like they they were making a joke about the original, and then uh, that was it. They had their one one sort of yep. sexual gag with her, and then she goes back to being the the girl that uh, <clears throat> currently does not have you know I, I guess uh, any sort of male attention, uh, especially not like her other friends will have on this Halloween night. And yep. uh, I wish that Zombie had pushed it further. If he's going to spend so much time with Michael Myers. I wish that you had flipped it a little bit and made her a more modernized uh, teenage girl. Uh, yet again, it, it's just an, the whole movie is just sort of an awkward uh, wanting to, to flip the script in a way. But then they realize, no, we're still a Halloween movie, so we have to go back to that night and hit those beats again. You know what's what's actually uh, unfortunate about this film because you you do bring up a good point about them trying to to kind of turn it on its head. Um, the only time I actually found that effective were with the children that that Lori was actually babysitting. Mm. The the children were were much more interesting uh, than I expected them to be, and a little bit different than the kids that were being babysat in '78. Uh, they were it seemed like they were of the you know of the this generation, and, mm. and they were really quizzical with her. Um, and it, it kind of made me laugh. And then I, you know, then I kind of sit back and thought, but that was the only, that was the only part <laughs> of this remake that was fresh to me, uh, and didn't seem forced. Well, Peter will know, uh, based on our many, uh, podcasting ventures, how I feel about children and especially children on film. Uh, but I love them, <laughs> but I'm actually, I'm actually going to agree with you, Derek. I thought like, okay, for this to be one of the key differences, uh, I, you know, even watching these two within 24 hours, I don't really remember much about the the kids being, you know, babysat in the original. I just know that it, it gives her uh, a reason to be uh, away from home and friends. You know, that's just sure. her position that night. So I actually did like that. Comparing uh, certain scenes, one of the ones that I did like about the remake was the, uh, let me see, the blonde friend with, with the guy with the glasses. Mm -hmm. I thought that was uh, done done well because in the original 
I, I think the friend leaves the room. She comes back, and then the guy, Michael Myers, is sitting in the bed with the sheets over him with the glasses on. You know, which I always thought was uh, you know comical uh, because you know I didn't watch it at an early age. I watched it you know in again probably around 2007. So that puts me at about 24. You know, so I'm already a, an adult, and I just thought that was funny. I was like, I, people take this seriously, you know? And, um, I think there's something childlike uh, about the original uh, version, and zombie attempts to do that with Michael Myers. I was really uh, found terrifying the scene where he uh, stabs the guy with the glasses, and right. has him. I, I think actually it's the only uh, male character that dies in the original, right? That we see. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's like one of the few jump scares, actually, yeah, and, in the film. But he, yeah. he puts them up against the wall, and then it, it's afterwards when, I mean, it's a gorgeous-looking shot uh, with sort of the moonlight coming in, and uh, he just looks at him sort of quizzically, like, huh, like, what did I just do? Not like that he's stupid, but it's just like he's just looking at it, it's like, mm-hmm, and just, just sort of admiring it in a way, as if you just did, like, a drawing and don't know how you, like, got to that process. Mm-hmm. Um, Zombie attempts to do that later. Uh, I think, of course, it's much more excessive. He's got like, for whatever reason, he's got the dude with. He's got like a pumpkin head on him, and he's like, he's like hung him like from the second floor, and then he just starts like pushing him, like you, uh, like he's getting ready to, I don't know, like box with it or something. Like he's just moving it back and forth. For whatever reason, that just didn't work as well. And I think it's because of the the getup, the extravagance of the the way he dresses his kills. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't find it scary. I, I, I find it kind of no, lame. It was kind of over. It was over the top, just like everything else in the film. If you take the original, all it took was coming out of a pantry, stabbing a guy, well, lifting him up, which which obviously showed you know Michael has some sort of superhuman strength, and stabbing him, and then taking a, a look at his you know his meal or his artwork or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and like you were saying, just admiring you know kind of the huh I was able to accomplish that. How nice. Where's the next victim? And that was kind of his mindset, <laughs> uh, which, uh, which I find to be incredibly interesting because it, it, it's almost like he's going, like like I've said before, he's going to work. He took out one, uh, he stared at it, and he said, all right, now I have to go back to doing what I was doing. In the remake, it's, well, let's put a pumpkin head on and let's push him and, and all of this business. And uh, and again, it was just like, all right, I see what you're doing, but it, it, it's not doing anything for me. It also seemed like the, the murders were done by like an an animal like uh, like in the original he like would stab somebody but like you you cut back to uh laurie's parents like i think there's a sequence where like the sheriff um is like calling the home i think it was her parents but he's calling someone's home and then the camera you know it cuts to the the machine or then their bodies and there's like blood everywhere and it's like there's been like this huge like uh fight for their lives which we clearly see that's not usually what takes place with Michael like he comes in and like effectively kills them so I, I didn't even find some of the, the death stuff the way it was staged uh, to be I, I don't want to say realistic in this world with Michael Myers who can't be killed but it, it just looked like the uh, the zombie was not totally comfortable uh, with Michael Myers as just walking evil and so he had to sort of dress it up in a way that's unnecessary um, I want made to- him a little bit more violent right yeah um more aggressive and more violent well there's just more you know derek was talking about how he's just a shape that just appears uh and to what you're saying peter he's there's much more of him like just physically being in the frame like he he just shows up like quite a bit and 
I think, you know, one thing that if zombie wanted to see his vision through, tell the whole story from his perspective. Like once it gets to Halloween night, don't cut to Lori and the girls, like just follow it from his eyes. If you, if you truly want it to be his story, then just tell the, tell it that way. It, it seems to me that he wanted to have his own fresh zombie take on the origin story, um, but that he knew he couldn't remove too many elements. So basically, it feels like two movies. It feels like he did a prequel, and then he just did a, a complete remake with the second half. And, and and it is because of those perspectives that we see it, it's so um, tethered to just Michael in that first hour or so, and then it's all over the place. You don't know where Michael's going to pop up at. Um, it, it just seems like two different films from that because of the dual perspectives going on. Let's talk about uh, uh, some of the... Uh just, just the, the, I guess the visual uh, language of the film. Clearly, the uh, the nineteen seventy eight version was made very much on the cheap, very much on the cheap. Like I was listening to the uh, the commentary. I, I just, I actually just purchased this uh, recently, the thirty fifth anniversary edition, which has a a track with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, John Carpenter. And Jamie Lee Curtis talks about uh, she she helped. Uh, paint and dress the the set of the original killing the i guess the original house because the the way it is on halloween night like once we get back to at that point you know present day time that's the way the house actually looked in a state of like disrepair and so they had to dress it for the original uh sequence Mm. where you know michael i guess becomes uh the shape and i I thought you know hearing that type of stuff you, you can actually you can see it on screen as far as like some of the the visual choices that Carpenter makes, uh, the the long tracking shots and the pace of it, where you just kind of follow someone for an extra beat. Uh, that's because, as he said on the track, they they were just trying to get to like you know an eighty minute movie, like they were trying to make it feature length, and so he he didn't have like the budget to really, you know, do a lot of setups. And so that's why you just follow the girls for a long period of time. And that's why you just get that, uh, slow build of dread of Michael watching. Uh, do you, Derek, do you feel like that still holds up today? Or like if you were, I don't know, with younger kids, would they see this and think that it's just like way too slow for them? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, now, for me personally, I could go back and watch it, and, I, and I'd still allow the dread to build and still enjoy the, the development of the characters and think, wow, this they have no idea what day that they're in store for. They don't know what this, this evening's going to hold <clears throat> for them. But if you took a 17-year-old, uh, and, and this might be a little bit biased here, but if you took a 17-year-old and sit them in front or sit Halloween in front of them, uh, if, if they've not seen other films of that era, especially kind of horror films, I don't think it's going to work. There, there's no there's there's building of dread but there's not enough blood um i honestly i think zombies film was more effective for for younger generations and i hate that i'm saying that <laughs> i really really do um but I, I but i mean there's there's just there's a lot to it for them with with the blood with the over sexualized nature of the film um i think they'll kind of you know they'll they'll be able to enjoy that because it, one thing you can say about the zombie film it, there is you know non-stop things going on there's not long walks uh, and long periods of communication unless it's the the lengthy uh, stupid lines from the from the stepfather um he you know it's the, he gets the 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 monologues in, in this film for whatever reason uh but but with with the original there is just this long period um basically from the time that michael escapes 
um, Smith's Grove up until you know his first killing uh, or on-screen killing. It's just conversation and staring out of windows, and I don't think that works for for younger audiences. Is it a stepdad or was it a boyfriend? I thought it was the mom's boyfriend. Yeah, it's just the drunk boyfriend. Yeah, they, yeah, they just established it's not, the, it's not the father. Is uh, yeah. for whatever reason they established that. Yeah, it's just he just his character wasn't needed, and then the whole rapey eyes with the sister, you know, um, <laughs> rapey eyes, rapey eyes. Well, he he made a comment about her dumper, you know, to to the mom. <laughs> Yeah, it's just there were just a lot of okay. You want to focus on Michael, but then you're giving us this father, and then the backstory of the mom being a stripper, and you know, then the 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 plot D with with the the kids at school taunting him. Them, just it it just had way too much going on in the in the uh, remake version. I almost said zombie version. It almost sounds like a Walking Dead remake here. But um, what what you guys think of uh, Black Wolverine? <laughs> I liked him. That was actually my the only part of the movie I liked. Hey, buddy. Just give you a heads up. I got a Taco Deluxe Supreme talking back at me. So I'm going to be a while. So do you mind waiting somewhere else and let me pass this beast in peace? Look, brother, if you're looking for some kind of action, you better take it on the arches before I'm done dropping this load. Or you gonna be one sorry a-hole. I see. What we got here is failure to communicate. You just hold on, Daisy. Got something for you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. And I'm gonna cut that mask right off your face. No, I. They they established that, that that's the one zombieism that I really enjoyed. Is you get this, as you called him, Peter, the the Black Wolverine. This this guy with this awesome hair and like the the chops in uh, there. Uh, taking a dump while he's looking at this pornography <laughs> magazine. And then he has this awesome knife that he packs around just in case someone interrupts his, his shits that he's taking. <laughs> and he, he starts just, I don't know, just talking trash to, to Michael Myers, this, you know, this presence outside the door. And I wish the film had ended right there. Like I wish, or he had like killed Michael Myers and then taken the mask. And we, we see that this guy is the true like serial killer, like who actually has some charisma. I, I love that character. Loved it. I, I've always been a, that the, the actor, uh, Ken Forey. I've actually always been a fan, uh, fan of his stuff. He's, um, if you ever seen the original Dawn of the dead, um, he's the, he's the, well, basically he's the black guy in, in uh, that film. Um, so I, I've always liked him. I've not always liked what he's, uh, the work he's done with Rob zombie. Um, but I, I did like that scene of him in, 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 you know, in the bathroom, kind of really vulnerable in a vulnerable state. And instead of extremely kind of, vulnerable, <laughs> extreme, and, and instead of him kind of, you know, 
hiding from it. He's he's basically saying, "Listen, you know, fucker, you're 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 messing with my shit here." <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and, and I'd like to think that, like, if, if you're a man, you're watching that film, you're thinking, "Yeah, that would be me too." <laughs> I was thinking a dub. I'd tell him where to go, and I'd pull my knife out, and, and you know, fight this hulking uh, this guy on the other side with you know dirty encrusted toenails. But the reality is, is, is I I would probably you know shit even more. <laughs> With, with what was going it, on, it would hasten my shit a little bit. There. Exactly, exactly. I, I did like, but yeah, I liked that scene. Um, but the only reason I guess I liked it is, was because I'd kind of written off the the rest of the movie anyway. If it had been this this great, wonderful remake and this serious tone about the film, and that had been thrown in, I would have hated it. Um, but for what I already had, I was like, okay, well, at least this there's this odd comedic value going on yeah, here. Yeah, that's a good point. If if it had been. If it had been a better movie, it would have really stuck out. But I mean, it sticks out anyway, even in a bad movie. But it's just entertaining. I also would have liked if Zombie had made a movie where he brought up these the crusted toenails and the horrible looking feet he has. If even though Mike Myers is now like you know seven feet tall and you know he's just walking death, I would have loved if people still picked on him and still like made fun of him. Like he could still murder them, but he still like couldn't get that respect. I would love to have had the Rodney Dangerfield version of Mike Myers. Like, and it's, it's weird to me because Rob Zombie, you know, claims to have, and I, I believe that he, he does have like a huge respect or fandom for, for horror films and the classics. But you look at something like it follows that came out earlier this year. To me, that's closer to Halloween then Rob Zombie's Halloween as far as the tone and the way the characters interact with each other and what they talk about. And it's just a lot of hanging out with these sort of teenagers and yeah. dealing with, um, I mean, in that film, you know, they, they make the sex itself, you know, the villain that you don't need someone coming in to punish you for the sex. It's the, the act itself will punish you. And, right. uh, I, I think zombie, I don't know. He's, he's like a fan that, <clears throat> that really enjoys horror movies, but I don't, think he fully understands why they work especially with halloween it's like what he the changes he makes uh, effectively ruin that that classic like he he goes the complete other way the the establishing the origin um derek you said it takes two minutes in the first one and we get everything we need to know about this this kid and the zombie version it's 40 minutes uh laurie strode is not really made likable uh peter you, you called her a, a hipster early on and it's uh, so we we can't root for her like we root for Jamie Lee Curtis. Then you get to uh, we even talked about Loomis, like <laughs> which I, I made fun of Donald Pleasance because I think that he's a really ineffective character in the original. Like he he does I, I think that's for budgetary constraints for the most part he strands on he stands on street corners and sort of waits <laughs> to see this like seven foot freak in a mask like walking the neighborhood and then sort of what, asking what else, people. What else could he do? Though? <laughs> I mean what. He he's like a sixty-five-year-old man <laughs> trying to go mano a mano with uh, with what he knows is the the embodiment of evil. I would be standing out in the street, well lit as I well. Guess, I guess that's him being brave. I mean, he is there. He did yeah. go to where he thinks he'll he'll be walking, and I would have went home <laughs> my house. Like yeah, he's your problem now, Haddonfield. Also, uh, I wanted to touch on uh, I think my favorite scene in the original, uh, which is uh, when he's driving to the. Uh, I guess the, the asylum uh, that he's in the, the institution and it's in the, it's dark and it's in the rain. He's driving up there with like a, a nurse and they just see like, <laughs> I mean, uh, given the, the field that Derek works in, this is probably offensive. He just, they just see the crazies just sort of running around <laughs> outside, like in the rain, having fun. 
I, like that is a terrifying sequence because he decides to get out of the car and like he's like I'm gonna buzz in, make sure they they know we're coming for Michael Myers and. You don't know who's running around in the darkness, and I, I love that's more effective than anything in the zombie film. Yeah, well, and you brought up a, a good point about zombie uh, Rob Zombie, um, as far as his his love of this uh, genre, but his him constantly missing the mark. Um, I think I, I attribute it a lot to uh, us as fans in general, um, and it can be of anything. I can be a, a fan of. Of, of a sports franchise or, or whatever and i'm always yelling at the tv saying oh they should have done this or oh they should have done that but if you actually put me on the field uh i'm i'm not going to be able to do anything that i that i'm saying that that the team that i love should be able to do and i think that's kind of zombie he's seeing these you know these films he's like oh these are wonderful and if i could reimagine them i would do it like this and i would do it like that um but then he, he's out there and he's just he's just shitting the bed uh really he, he's a fan that doesn't really know how to apply yeah, what he says he loves, I, I think, and and that's why he continues to miss, or he had continued to miss the mark. He, he just it, it took whoever uh, you know put forth it follows, and and uh, some of these other films that they were the fans that actually understood uh, what I, I feel like Carpenter was was kind of uh, portraying with with Halloween. I like um, that we're we're coming down on uh, Zombie as uh, the quarterback on the couch. <laughs> Doesn't he, he is? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Mike, for this uh, for this comparison, we, maybe we should have done the original Halloween and It Follows. Ooh, that that would have been. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about. Uh, oh, actually, both of us have talked about Peter on the show. I think for the longest yard, because like during the show, during the research for it, we discovered that there was a, a remake that wasn't just the, <laughs> the Adam Sandler version, and we're like, wow, what? We should have done that. And it's like, yeah, if I'd known about it, we would have done like the British remake. It would have been the, about soccer in the Egyptian one too. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, so I still think we need to do. There, there are two episodes we need to, need to do. We need to do an original remake episode, which remakes our episode of the Longest Yard, and remake uh, an episode. Uh, on Halloween here with it follows. I think that's a great idea and would be yeah. for better discussion too. After uh, rewatching the original last night, I was seeing all the things that you have uh, mentioned on uh, on your show, War Machine versus War Horse at FollowingFilms.com. <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah. So I, I was seeing that. You know, where where uh, it's, it's something off in the distance, something kind of unnerving, kind of unsettling with the um, zombies remake. You you see you know Myers uh, head on you know and and how quick he moves and all these things it it kind of it, it's not what I remember Michael Myers uh, is in the the other versions so I don't know his his spin on it was just really different and then like I don't know have you seen uh, Zombies Part Two which was mm -hmm. really bad yeah Derek I want you're you're the expert here I don't think uh, I've I've not seen I think I saw Halloween. Um, like H two O, uh, when it came out, um, I think I watched a drive in, and uh, clearly I had not kept up with the mythology of the series to that point. So, uh, did the sequels uh, miss the the point of the original? Because one thing in the uh, the commentary track uh, that I listened to the other night was that Carpenter was adamant that there was no plan, there was no uh, origin, there was no connection when he was making the first Halloween between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode at all. Like He, he actually seemed kind of put out that that's uh, the direction that the series went just to kind of continue it. So do, do you have any sort of comment on uh, the series as a whole? Yes. Um, well, 
it, it's interesting because Halloween 2 uh, was was the first Halloween I, I had ever seen. I saw Halloween 2 followed by Halloween 3, and this this will make sense in a second. Halloween 3 I was completely um, uh, upset about um, as, as a film because it has nothing to do with, with any of the other films in the franchise. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Um, it, it's just its own standalone film because they want it to go with an anthology uh, take on the franchise. Um, the thing about Halloween 2 that, that I enjoy is it is a continuation of that same evening. It's it's Laurie uh, going to the hospital uh, to be, you know, mended and or Michael just busting in the hospital and killing everybody. The only reason that it's not as effective is it's kind of it kind of falls further into the, some of those slasher tropes by the end by 81. But it really does feel like um, just the, the equivalent of one major film, honestly. The, the theme is still there. A lot of the thematic elements are still there. Um, it just, the Michaels kills a little bit more senselessly, I guess. Uh, that's that's a lot of the, the only criticisms about that film. Um, as a franchise, it basically falls off after Halloween 2. It's terrible. Um, 3 has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Uh, and then they finally get wise and, and say, oh, well, all these other franchises, their Freddies, their Jasons, their Leatherfaces are making money off of elevating uh, the, this one character. Why don't we bring him back? Um, and, and they do uh, for the fourth and the fifth and the sixth film. And it's you know Michael attempting to, to kill a niece. And the story gets really jumbled. <laughs> well, what is this thing with the family? Why is it... <laughs> Well, it's they they try to go in see, and this is one of the mistakes that the franchise made, and and that Zombie made with his first uh, incarnation of the film uh, is they try to explain Michael too much. If they had ended with, oh well, we've discovered that Laurie Strode and Michael are, are brothers and sisters or are siblings, I would have been fine with that. In fact, it feels very very similar to a Empire Strikes Back of I am your father mm. kind of thing. It kind of puts it together like oh okay well he's coming back to to off his sister that's even creepier uh, who wants to kill their their sister um but then they go into well Lori supposedly died and now she but before she died she gave birth to a child and uh now michael wants to kill his niece and he spends three films trying to kill his niece and it gets really weird where supposedly he may or may not have impregnated her by the sixth film. Jesus. And that's basically when the, the, the franchise is just, uh, it's, it, it just it goes to shit. And so with H2O, their attempt was to forget that three through six had ever been made. And H2O is considered a direct sequel to Halloween 2. Okay. Um, so but, yeah, it, it, they just they attempted too much with the explaining Michael, um, things of that nature. Well, Okay, so let's let's get to the ending of uh, I guess both films, but specifically the uh, the zombie version because he he does he gets Laurie in a in a way that he never physically does in the Carpenter version. Like she, uh, there, there's a struggle in the house and she gets thrown over the 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 stair banister and uh, multiple stabbings and um, then she is saved by by Donald Pleasance, the the action star. Uh, but, uh, in the zombie version, he carries her to his, uh, <laughs> I guess this little bed and breakfast he's made. Um, and then attempts to show her this picture, which she's, uh, freaking out, uh, as, as most people would and, uh, stabs him. And I guess then he, he like, he has taken the mask off and then puts it back on like, okay, now it's back to business. Like I tried to be nice to you and was, was zombie, was he putting it out there more directly that he did not have intentions to, to harm 
uh, his sister in the in the new version? I think he looked at his sister the to the same degree that he looked at his uh, his mother. Um, because he never wanted any ill will or anything to happen to his mother in, uh, when he was a child. And I think he looked at Boo or whatever they want, Boo Radley, whatever they want to call her. Uh, they looked, he looked at her the same until she stabbed him, until she <laughs> wronged him. And then it's, oh, wait, let's, I'm supposed to kill you. Let's be fair. He did get like stabbed in the neck. It was, it was an attempted death <laughs> blow. So let's, I kind of sided with him on that. <laughs> let's be fair. He had killed all of her friends. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because so we can keep both sides are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should have shook hands, <laughs> agreed to disagree. <laughs> also a great ending. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the uh, I, I love the original ending of uh, Halloween, where she's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is just weeping and you know asking Loomis if that's if that was the boogeyman. He says yes, and he goes to the balcony after he shot him, and it's uh, he, he's fallen to the ground, and the body's not there anymore. And that's and it does also does this really cool. Uh, sort of montage of like all the the events of the struggle back in the house. Like here, are all the. I, I also wonder if that was to extend the runtime just slightly, but it was really cool. It was like here's you know taking us back through the night, and uh, I thought that was a, a good way to end with that awesome music playing. But they touch on that in the zombie version, um, where inexplicably there's this uh, zombie that sets it up in a pool, an empty pool with leaves. Um, and Loomis comes and shoots uh, Michael after sort of begging him to stop, which that's one thing I hate about the McDowell version was this attempted bond they try to have with uh, with, with Loomis and Michael. Um, and then they walk back to a police car. And uh, to me, it was way too wink-wink. It's like they're both almost smiling. Like It's like, was that the boogeyman? It's like, yes, I think it was. And then it's like, then, of course, we get Michael comes back and there's an extra 20 minutes there. Uh, I, I don't, I was, I felt like it's too much. Like action movies kind of fall into that trap too, where you can have your character like sort of amped up and amp up the audience's adrenaline so far. But then to ask me to like get scared again for her to basically go back through the house again with him, the haunted house and have the same struggles. Uh, I, I just, I thought that was another misstep and also just added to the runtime of the zombie version. Just, it, mm-hmm. it just stretched it too much. Um, I, it, it is one of the mistakes of, of wink, like the wink, wink thing you were saying, uh, they get into the car, but I think we all knew watching the film that it wasn't over yet. Well, you haven't uh, started the car yet. You're just sitting there like having a cup of coffee. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like, uh, everyone's in cahoots and, and Loomis is looking back and well, I would drive off, but <laughs> Michael's supposed to be here in five minutes, uh, to, you know, smash through this window. So we won't go anywhere right now. Um, but the audience will never pick up on that. Yeah. It, it, that, that kind of stuff, uh, really, I think hurts a film and it, and it hurts the pacing. Uh, of a film because like you said you go through these these peaks um of of you know everything's amped up everyone's anxious and and um you know our our character is in danger um and then finally oh she's safe but everyone knows sitting there that she's not really safe uh so that those scenes of you know when they're in the car and what's that the boogeyman it it means nothing so i'm like yeah 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 it was the boogeyman he's still gonna kill you um so it, it does nothing for me I think that what's effective about the ending of the original is that her saying that it's uh, it plays with the rest of the film and the events leading up to that that one horrific night, and that they are normal teenagers who lead very sort of normal vanilla lives, and she had this brush with just pure evil that just like I mean it's like evil's just dropped uh, 
like onto her street out of nowhere and then disappears just as quickly. And that's it. And maybe as you were saying that the sequels kind of ruin a little bit of that element because it, it makes it more pointed. Like there's a reason behind it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, the zombie version when she says that, yeah, as you said, it's just to set up, it's just to give us a breather before the next action sequence. And, uh, I don't know. It just has no meaning then. I, I love, I just find that the ending of the original so effective that, that she is just completely, shaken by how close she was to this the just darkness that just came into her life well i think there's a higher rate lower rate of relatability um and it's funny because i feel as though with the backstory and the build and the prequel nature of zombies film he was trying to set up a more realistic world in which a michael myers could have been birthed out of and unfortunately Again, I think the the original is actually does a better job at that because of everything else that we've talked about with the development, with the fact that Lori is just this normal teenage girl who had this brush with evil, and, and you know I know it, it is one of those things of from a societal perspective we never think that something like that could occur. But in the world that that um, uh, John Carpenter builds, it seems like that could happen, mm-hmm. um, that a, a crazy guy could escape, put a mask on and then kill some teenagers. And then just like that, because he didn't kill the last one, he just vanishes. He just he just moves on um, and you don't know where he's at. And he's, he's not you know stuck on this one mission to kill this one kid, uh, <laughs> no matter if police are there or not. Uh, or that the would, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that the original is, is much more uh, scary because of the potential that something like that could happen. Someone could go in and kill three kids and then get shot at and run away. That could happen. I think uh, I think that's that's all I've got on uh, how – I mean, I, I feel like we, we have these questions to ask, and uh, <laughs> I, I feel like there's, there's sort of uh, – not necessarily. We've already here. answered them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't feel like uh, any of us think that the uh, the remake does justice uh, to the original. No. <laughs> no. Um, uh, the question that we can always ask, though, is if and I sort of started that direction with Derek earlier was uh, if someone had just watched the remake, do they get a good sense of why the original was successful? Just like, having no knowledge about the original, could they look at the zombie version and be like, "Oh yeah, I realized, I recognize now why John Carpenter's is such a famous film." Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh. I don't see. I don't think so. I would look at it and be like, "Why?" If I had just seen the zombie version, I would be like, "Why is Halloween such a famous movie?" Just based on zombies' version of it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking too. I haven't seen a lot of. Um, okay, to be honest, I think the only zombie movies I've seen was Halloween one and two. I haven't seen Devil's Reject or, or anything like that, but I would imagine watching all of those movies too. And if if you found out that there was a remake, you'd be like, "Why? <laughs> Why is the thing?" Because mm-hmm. it just he doesn't seem to be a director that people gravitate to. So I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, were any of those movies like any good? I've not seen them. I know that the Devil's Rejects I think is uh, fairly well respected uh amongst fans of the genre derek you can correct me if i'm wrong on that a smaller caveat in the genre of the horror community that is you know zombie fans but that that grouping is very very small uh, (laughs) because you know it it truly is it's because a lot of folks are no he's he's kind of a hack in in my (laughs) in in the yeah i said it rob you're kind of a hack Uh, 
basically, you know, what's funny is I wouldn't be able to uh, create any sort of perspective or ideas about the original if I watched the Halloween remake. But what I would know if I watched the Halloween remake is to stay away from the rest of Rob Zombie's catalog. Hmm. Um, and it, it just all of his films kind of go the same direction. His wife is going to be in it. Um, there, he's going to try to up the ante from a gore perspective, and there's there's going to be some overly sexualized violence, mm. and um, a lot of folks that like horror films, um, they don't really need a lot of that. Even even if you're a classic horror film uh, fan, you don't really even need a lot of gore uh, because you can go with the original Halloween and some of those other films, uh, you know, pre two thousand that didn't go heavy in the gore stuff. So uh, no uh, zombie. Kind of going back to the. Uh... Uh, I just want to jump in with the, uh, the the quarterback on the couch thing. One, one key difference is, you know, Carpenter crossed all sorts of genres, and Zombie is just, you know, he's just in the the sort of horror AV club there. Like he just stays yeah. in that genre. And Carpenter, you know, he had made I think before this what Assault on Precinct Thirteen, um, yeah. an action movie. So I was actually going to ask Derek, like, what about the dialogue? Like, isn't he kind of known for writing these type of um, scripts and and yeah. Yeah, and, and if you, you okay, so folks can knock Tarantino, I suppose, for his dialogue. But I've actually met people that talk like Tarantino's characters. I have hardly ever met anyone that talks like zombies, uh, folks. Uh, there, there's just a certain level of just crassness mm. uh, to to his characters, and kind of like uh, what Michael had said earlier. Uh, no one in the film's really likable. They're, they're all, you know, it's these folks that just walk around with these, uh, you know, these these terrible lives and these and with very little insight to anything, um, and it's just wretched excess. And the things that they say are just rude and and, and disgusting and disrespectful. And and I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to be around any of these people. I don't care what happens to them <laughs> at all. To me, it plays like a really uh, like a middle schooler who's just learned like you know, bad language or is learning about, uh, uh, sex for the first time. It's like their version of like King of the Hill characters. Like they're just like goofy sort of rednecks who, as you said, are just like crass, like since, yep. since from birth, they're just like, and all of them are the same. Like the bully at school is the same as the bullying stepfather, uh, is the same as the, the sister who's like rude like to her brother. Like they're, they're all the same character. And yep. if you had told the film purely from his point of view, I could accept that in the sense it's like, okay, that's how he views the world. He's so beaten down that he sees everyone as the same. He takes every slight as, as sort of the same uh, offense and worthy of violence, but it, he doesn't, he doesn't stick with, with Michael throughout the film. As he, I think he should have, that's the character he's most interested in. He's not interested in Lori. So, and I, I think that's the difference is that Carpenter was interested in Lori and her friends. I think that would have been a much more interesting film, and and honestly, I wouldn't have even needed to been to have been Michael Myers. If we would have taken a film where a child uh, has the inner workings of a sociopath, uh, but it's rooted and grounded in the fact that he views everything as a perceived slight, and he sees the world as no matter what anyone says to him, it's always uh, uh, you know, negatively internalized. That would have been interesting, mm -hmm. and it almost seemed like that that's the direction that. Car or that zombie easily could have went into with with Michael's character. It could have been this child that just he thinks the world is inherently bad. He thinks people are are out to get him, and he he lashes out because of that. Uh, that would have been interesting. Uh, but like you said, no, they just decide to jump around to different characters and have weird rape scenes and God. and all this other stuff. Yeah. And and it just yeah. Ugh. I uh, the, the final question I have here, of course, is you know usually the original remake. I'm gonna skip that, Derek. Um, 
<laughs> I'll ask you because as me and Peter have not not seen them. Uh, which of the uh, Halloweens beyond, I guess, you know, one and two? Uh, would you take any of those over the zombie version? Can zombies version be any of the other sequels? I guess the uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis list sequels. Uh, not over three, even though it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. I'd still rather see that. Um, maybe over six. Uh, the sixth film, it does star a very young Paul Rudd, um, but... I'll take that one, it, then. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. its only claim to fame, too. He is the he's the uh, uh, protagonist. I, uh, I saw a little bit of that one on TV. I, yeah. I don't know if I could have got down with that. It's the cur- I think that one's The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, and again, that's when it gets into the, some sort of druids and this cult stuff that has <laughs> brought Michael... Uh, Michael is supposed to be pure evil because of some sort of you know, cult nonsense. And, <laughs> and, you know, he has to impregnate his niece because that's the only thing that makes sense. And it's, just, it's terrible. So it's Paul Rudd a druid. Paul Rudd is just normal. Guy. Uh, he's he's well, Paul Rudd. <laughs> actually, and I could be wrong about this, and I'm hoping that there these diehard horror fans that listen to this podcast don't, you know, stone me. Um, but I'm, there's a potential that Paul Rudd's character might be the, uh, he's supposed to be the child from the original film. Tommy, yeah, I, I think I think I he think is. He did. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I think I remember that because he was like across the street. He lived across the street, right yeah. from the uh, yeah. from the niece I'm or something. Sure that, and now that is just you talk about forced. My gosh. Uh, <laughs> so that supposedly there's a unrated version that's much better of that one, but I've not seen it just because the original was so crap. Um, uh, so the zombies film. Mm, I don't know. It, it's to me. I, I will never watch it again. Um, so, it, and I've, I've not seen his. You're second. not gonna check out the Blu-ray that's got uh, over four hours. Like it's got a four-hour documentary on the making of this movie. Can you believe that? <laughs> of the remake? Yeah, we we don't get that for like a you know Paul Thomas Anderson's like there will be blood or the master, but we get a four-hour documentary about the making of Rob Zombie's Halloween. Insane. I wonder if it's titled Failure: The Halloween <laughs> Remake. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you don't consider this horror-themed episode with our friend Derek a failure because he joins us again as we celebrate the return of Ash and the Evil Dead by discussing the 1981 and 2013 versions in our very next episode. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Original Remake, check out all of our older episodes on followingfilms.com, or send us an email to originalremakepod at gmail.com.